0: Craft Beer Radio episode 386 on June 30th,
1: 2016. Mama never told him there's a devil in me. I got a mouthful rotten and a heart full of grief. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio broadcasting from the exact middle of the year. Well, I guess that would be tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Right right around the exact middle of the year of 2016 here we have a couple ipas a couple other stuff in front of us well where do we start where do we start jeff
0: let's start with an ipa and oh, way, can... i'm greg and jeff yes yes um let's start with an ipa just so we can have stuff to intersperse in between it. okay um, um let's look at the abvs here and see
1: We got three IPAs today, which, so, yeah, we tend to like to drink other stuff in between because they can... 6.8.
0: Okay, and then I'm sure the Stone's... Yeah, Stone's a triple IPA. A triple
1: IPA, I'm guessing. it's. So we're starting with the Summit. No, this is the... Oh, it's the Anchor. Anchor. I should have known from the bottle. Uh, We're starting with the Anchor. Anchor Anchor's Go West! Exclamation point IPA. Uh, Inspired by the California Gold Rush and all those who go west. 6.7% Six point seven percent alcohol by volume. The malts used are two-row pale, which is apparently very simple malt bill. Hops Apollo and Bravo, dry hot with Citra, Equinox. Remember those guys? Um, now EPS three sixty-six or whatever it was. Uh, Calypso and Eureka with an exclamation. Oh wow, there.
0: that's a interesting blend of of hops. So the color is a. Mm, Light gold. Light gold. Slight haze to it.
1: Mm-hmm. Looks like a saxophone. So, a brass then? Brass, yeah. Muddy brass. It is muddy in terms of. I don't know if you. Did you pour. Yep, no, it's the same. Yep. It's the same. Okay, so about a finger's worth ahead. head. A, some little bubbles, some larger bubbles. What's the date on this guy? Do we have a date?
0: The aroma on this one, it's kind of a, a more, uh, uh, it's earthy, it's resiny, it's not quite pine though, it's kind of like, um, makes me think of like the stalks of some kind of plant, um, let's see, what would I say? 6JH is what 6JH. It's a
1: code. Oh, Dusty's here. Hi, Dusty.
0: Checking out the studio. Forgot to close the door.
1: I'll just take an Allegra.
0: So what are you smelling?
1: What am I smelling? The birch?
0: Oh, maybe that's it. Yeah, I guess so. It's kind of this... um, Oh, yes. I'm having a hard time putting words to the aroma on this one. It started out kind of like a little bit like green and vegetal, like I was saying, like the stalks of a little
1: asparagusy, maybe or something.
0: I wasn't thinking of asparagus. I was thinking like the stalk part of um, like collard greens or something like that. You know, some some plant like that. And now I'm smelling it. I'm getting more fruitiness to it. Kind of a melony, like a cantaloupe or a honeydew.
1: I can see that. Yeah.
0: It's getting more floral too as I smell it. It's kind of a
1: a little barky, right? There's a little yeah something in there.
0: It smells like there's gonna be a fair amount of bitterness. Yes. Like there's this kind of resiny aroma, so I'm expecting, very, much so, very much so. So, so. so I'm expecting um, quite the bitter the bitterness to lay on the you tongue. You could
1: call that like young pine, maybe.
0: There's a good amount of malt in here. Mm. And I can kind of see the birch now, right? There's kind of like this birch syrup type flavor for the malt. Almost like there's, almost like some uh, buckwheat honey or something like in here.
1: I just mentioned birch with the smell. It's not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying, but it, it seems like there's something honey-like or, um, you know, like birch syrup or buckwheat honey or something like that. There's kind of a sweetness to the malt flavor.
1: And since they say they only use two row uh, malt, is two row pale? Um, I'm wondering if a lot of that complexity is coming from this ridiculous dry hop arrangement. Yeah, maybe. May uh, Citra, Equinox, Calypso, Eureka. It's a it's a healthy. Uh, it
0: is, and you're right. If it's just pale malt, then the combination of all these hops, along with giving the melon flavors. Getting a little bit of peach in there, you know, some, some mm-hmm. like stone fruit in there. Uh, it's also giving those woody flavors that are kind of making me think of a more rustic wood type honey or a birch syrup. You know that it, it, it's kind of hmm. they're multi hop or yeah, they're
1: multi hops. Multi hops. <laughs> <laughs> they accentuate. They they play with each other in a very interesting way, and it's giving you a, a flavor that is pretty unique for. Um, for a, a West Coast IPA, mm-hmm. so I'm, uh, I'm I'm digging it as something new. You know, it, it, we always talk about how, or at least I talk a lot right. about. I want to taste something new all the time.
0: Yeah, this to me this is it's more it, it's more subtle, right? I mean, to me this is a quiet room IPA. You mm-hmm. want to kind of sit here mm-hmm. and kind of look at all the complexity. This isn't necessarily you know noisy bar. Yeah. watching the game whether you would think this is the best IPA on tap compared to, you know, some straight ahead IPAs or straight ahead
1: mosaic or something, you might miss it. And I mean, to, in all honesty, I would still have that super fresh, um, uh, fat heads over, oh, yeah. over this. Uh, but that was <laughs> super fresh fat heads that we had. was amazing. Um, but I, I think this is definitely, uh, like you said, a sort of a, a, a contemplator, a, a sit down and, and experience at beer. So I, I gotta give a props for that. Uh, yeah, it's not. I mean, it, it'll go down fine at the bar. It's not like it, it will be bad at the bar. It's right. just it's not going to. The, the, these interesting things aren't going to jump out at you.
0: Right. Yeah, that's I mean, what I meant. I think you know, for me, certain times like we talk about law and oral beers. For me, this is a quiet room type beer.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you wouldn't. You, yeah, you might not notice these extra things if you just like had it in the bar and were down like, and talking with friends.
0: I do dig it. Mm-hmm. Lots of different hop. It's a crazy hop bouquet blend. It's kind of a...
1: This is one of the ones I picked up at, um, at Giant Eagle, right?
0: No, this one I picked up at okay. D's, I'm pretty sure. The Aunt Sally you got Giant Eagle. One we'll be doing here in a little bit?
1: We, I also bought one of the... Um, Boston Beer Makes It. The, is it Boston Beer? I... I I didn't look at least it, it's their parent company or whatever they, okay. they, they are part of the company that created uh, alcoholic water <laughs> essentially it's seltzer seltzer alcoholic seltzer with with fruit in it. Yeah we'll
0: do that next week.
1: that'll yeah. be interesting.
0: not really a beer but uh,
1: I gotta try it
0: <laughs> So next let's do the summit. This is all right. This came from Summit. Thank you, Summit. 30th anniversary
1: Killer Pills. Now, whether it's a um, if you're a marketing st- speak or not, they do say this is an extremely limited edition logger, so share wisely. Uh so here we have a uh, yellow pills. It it is it looks exactly like the, what uh what it says in the can. It's a pills. Mm-hmm.
0: Killer pills are typically not filtered and um, <clears throat> kind of have, you know, the yeast are, are still in there. So you kind of get uh, a flavor where, you know, you get some more. I'm trying. Let me let me taste it instead of talking okay. what I remember.
1: So let me give you the stats 5.1% by volume, and they make a point about what their hops and malts are. Okay. Uh, the malts are 100% Bark Pilsner heritage malt sourced from Weirman specialty malts. And the hops utilize are a blend of traditional tetanang and modern Huel Melon German varieties. So they're going for a slightly modern take on a very classic style.
0: Right. Well, it did sound like the hops are kind of like or the malts are like heirloom malts, right? right? Mm-hmm. They're more classic. Something that might be more period... It, uh, from when, you know, Keller Pills production was, or when Pilsner production was more like Keller Pils.
1: Yeah. And a German lager yeast.
0: The aroma on it is is definitely Pilsner. You get a weird melon. You, you said one of the hops has melon in the name? Uh, Huel Melon. Huel Melon. There's a little bit of a melony aroma coming off of this thing. I'm not sure if I would have picked it up if you hadn't said that, but now that you said it. I'm smelling it. First thing I smelled was kind of that crispy, mm. um, spicy Pilsner malt, you know, and, and Hortel hop type flavor. And then as I smelled it a little bit more closely, I it, it got this little melon type character, kind of like a, a honeydew. It's
1: a Daughter of Cascade.
0: Or it doesn't have melon characteristics and it. It's it all does. suggestion.
1: Mild to moderate with vivid impressions of summer melon, especially honeydew, and ripe strawberry bouquet. Hmm.
0: Oh, I, when I was at the bar with Heather at the Industry Public House, Green Flash had a single hopped, it was a um, like a Styrian Golding Double IPA or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Mm. I've never had Styrian Golding like as its own it's hop, own hop. It's and more then bitter. Right, And, and then mean. also you know Imperial Strength, you know double hopping type thing. It was it wasn't too bitter. It it had some of those. Continental, mm. had a really nice spiciness to it. Um, if you see that one out there, I'd say definitely check it out. The Styrian Golding from Green Flash, because it's not a hop you see showcased very often.
1: Thirty-eight IBUs of this beer, by the way, on the summer on the summit, thirtieth anniversary. It's it's got a lot of character mm-hmm. to it uh, for a pilsner, a, a lot of fruity character, um, more than you would definitely expect, but. I think still in fitting with the style. It's yeah, just I, th- I think
0: it definitely tastes yeah. like a pills, right? So so right up front, you get some maltiness that is a little floral or maybe fruity. Mm-hmm. The bitterness comes through right after that and kind of keeps it from getting too sweet. You know, so it has a moderate bitterness to it. And then the hop flavor comes through. And then this is kind of hopped, Americanized, beyond uh classic, you know, German pills where, you know, the hops are readily apparent and potent and you get a pretty good dose of these kind of spicy, uh, almost like a something akin to a peppercorn or a white peppercorn or something like that. Um spicy uh hop that kind of goes to the finish.
1: Let me point this out so I can get it right. Uh Summit for their 30th anniversary they they're putting out a bunch of different beers. Four limited edition beers. And this is one of them. Okay. So. Yeah, you know, this is the second. Yeah. I was going to say, I think we may have had another Summit 30th anniversary before, but it was a beer. So that this, that's the reason.
0: We did have this one in the pre show a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah.
1: But we didn't analyze it. Right. It's got nice, but it has a, it has a lot of drinkability with that mm-hmm. extra sweetness. Yeah. It's, it, it doesn't. It still finishes you know, nice and dry, uh, so it doesn't like stay sweet. It doesn't stay super bitter. It just goes down pretty easy, but it does have a lot of drinkability with that sweetness.
0: Yeah, this is really good. This is, you know, the Keller pills, you know, and there's a, since there's still some yeast in here, you know, it's not super clear. It kind of has a little bit fuller mouthfeel mm-hmm. than you would typically right. get in many um, Pilsners, where they kind of be um, a little bit more condensed right a little more thinner so you kind of get something that makes you f- almost feel like you're drinking a wheat beer a little bit it's kind of a mouthfeel thing
1: this would be a great ball game beer Hmm. i mean i know you go to you can go to i was at the pnc park recently and you can get uh like rebel ipa and stuff there for for nine bucks <laughs> but it feels a little wrong to have a super hoppy IPA in those seeds, so. Yeah. But having something like this would be great. Oh yeah. It, it, it goes down easy and smooth. You can get, eat it with peanuts and.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with and, you.
1: And just and watch the game and enjoy it. And with the way this is drinkable, you'd be spending a lot of money because you would get very drunk. <laughs> Give me another twenty-four ounce can for seventy-five dollars. <laughs> I mean the Coors Light cans were eight bucks, so it's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like uh, you're saving much money by going with the lesser beer. I tried the Pabst one. That Pabst has some sort of uh, basically it, it was like a Vienna lager. I okay, think, so it was okay, but eh. yeah, um, it's fine for a ball game. So next, Anderson Valley. Should we go IPA? Do you want to go IPA, other beer, IPA, other beer, or do you want to? Well,
0: this is the this is an IPA. Oh, oh, okay. So, yes, we're on the same page.
1: I figured this was like a spring, you know, because their summer and their winters right. are so different. So, uh, so, ah, spring Hornin, spring IPA from Anderson Valley, available January through March. So we're uh, we're missing out the a little bit on on when this is available, but it's okay. I think it'll be fine. We'll see. 6.8% alcohol by volume, 55 IBU. Malts are Pale 2 Row Malted Barley, Crystal, and Munich. Crystal is 40 L, L Mm -hmm. Lombon. Munich a 20 L. Uh, Hops, Columbus, Golding, Nugget, and Northern Brewer. I'm expecting a pretty much West Coast uh generally not tropical i p a phase two, but we'll see the color is ooh, it's a it's almost copperish right it's yes yeah. it's, it's close to copperish it smells resiny. It
0: smells r re- i'm getting like this really fruity type line down the middle in the aroma, almost like um, maybe a God, like cactus, like a cactus flesh or.
1: um... Well, the thing I would say is that it's not, it's not dank. It doesn't have like Amarillo Simcoe notes, right? It doesn't have the big sulfury bite. So some of the sweeter, freer parts are coming out while there's still piney, mm-hmm. resiny stuff from, like, the Columbus okay. and the Nugget. No- yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, okay, resiny. Yeah, there's this interesting thing that's I wasn't expecting. It's just Oh, I was
1: close. I was close there. It's almost got... It's almost got a whiff of apple to it.
0: Apple, okay. You smell anything like lilacs or anything
1: like that? I'm not up on my flowers.
0: There's this perfumey thing. Let's go into the flavor. Maybe it'll help bring things into focus. Different. Yeah, so the malt's there. Herby. But the... Bitterness comes through. I would definitely go with herby. It's not as... It's not flowery like the aroma was leading me to think.
1: There's a bit of, like, pear skin at the end. You said lilacs. It's on the page. Oh, really? So, yeah. Huh. Aromas reminiscent of a lilacs, white pepper, and barlet pears. <laughs> really? Yeah. Hey, we've been doing this for 11 years. We're, we're okay at it. <laughs>
0: or, or is it on the bottle and then I pick it up subconsciously? Yeah, it is on the bottle, on the but bottom, I but didn't that... consciously read it. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't notice it,
1: but your brain did. <laughs> I can buy you pu- you pulling it out.
0: I'm not really tasting what I think of a Bartlett Pears. I'm getting like, this, like the pears that grow on the street here when they're not ripe and you try to bite one and Mm -hmm. you get that green, really green skin flavor. Yeah, when I was
1: thinking of apple, I was thinking more like crab apple, like almost... uh, Okay, yeah, yeah. But...
0: I'm um, with you, but I'd lean towards the the underripe pear.
1: It's got a very green... Like, a very... um, fresh herbal thing to it. So I can see why as a spring seasonal it actually kind of works because right. everything's growing, right? So you get this this sense of stuff growing. As a as a drinking experience, I'm not loving it, but as an expression of spring, I kind of appreciate sure the no work uh, there.
0: I, 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 I think it's yeah, it's not as drinkable as the uh, anchor was. Mm-hmm. However, it's still, plenty good, and you know now I'm kind of going back to the front of the taste. And I'm gonna like we were pulling out the novel flavors. I want to go back and re-examine the more standard flavors and talk about what those are because there's plenty of standard hop flavors in here. Let me take a sip and go into that. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so now, now all I'm, now all I'm <laughs> tasting is the pear and the uh, the sweeter things.
1: Got too dialed in. You fell yeah, too yeah. far down the hole. The um,
0: bitterness towards the end kind of come. It comes... To me, it's coming across kind of like a Simcoe-type flavor. A little more... Sulfur-y. That could be
1: Northern Brewer. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm.
0: It doesn't taste hop-faded at all. I mean, it still tastes pretty fresh pretty good it's been in the fridge the entire time
1: yeah if it's hot faded then i can't I wonder what it would be like full yeah. um I, I i think that the herbaceousness would almost be too much if it was too bright yeah so i i cut i tend to think this is what the brewer intended there's a lingering um yeah, there, there's a like I said, sort of a lingering kind of i guess it's mostly nugget uh just a little bit of, of a resiny thing that's that's uh, staying behind. Not sulfury again, just resiny.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, imagine sort of wildflowers, a little bit of some perfuming notes, not rose so much, but more in daisies, I guess. Like I said, not a flower guy. And an interesting sweetness It that doesn't that, that like Jeff said goes to more kind of young or small versions of fruits rather than into uh, into other like areas right yeah into um, melon or, or pineapple or anything like that I
0: was having a conversation with a guy at work today or this week um about
1: uh, I forget how we got. We got into mosaic cops, and I
0: basically made the assertion that nobody hates mosaic cops, <laughs> right? I mean, and one yeah. guy was trying to get in the argument that you know he has people that don't like IPAs at all. Sure, sure, there are people that do not like IPAs, even mosaic IPAs. But there is not a person who likes any IPA and doesn't like mosaic IPAs. Was my hyperbolic assertion?
1: I, I think that um, likely that's. Um, you know, in terms of the distribution, mm-hmm. the standard distribution, I think you you have to go way off right. uh, to to find somebody who dislikes mosaic. However, as mosaic gets more used, as it gets more common, people are going to get used to it, and you are going to get people, right? You know, that's just. How, the, the I did a work.
0: couple of experiments. I was searching Google for mosaic cops suck, mm-hmm. mosaic cops are overrated, mosaic you know worst mosaic IPA. It's really hard to find many people yeah. dissenting, like. You'd expect there would be some beer nerds out there who are too cool for Mosaic, but there's not very many.
1: It's it's too novel to be too cool for it, right? I mean, yeah. give it give it a year, and everyone will be like, "Oh, I'm so done with Mosaic hops." But at this point, no.
0: I found this article. Um, it's on Punch. Search for Punch and Mosaic hops. You will find it. But it's about you know it's about Mosaic hops and how it's only four years old, mm-hmm. and um, so the hop yard, the breeding. Um, Select Botanicals Who came up with Mosaic They also invented Citra Mm -hmm. And Equinox Mm -hmm. Uh, So like This guy is on a roll
1: (laughs) He's the apple of hops But hey even (laughs) apple (laughs) (laughs) Eventually falls down
0: And they're talking about here Jesse For Almanac A former listener of the show Now brewer Um he, you know, got into the uh, mosaic train good and early. He buys enough that he actually gets to pick, like, the lots, like, what hop field. Like, so, like, oh, um. equal, uh, mosaic is not mosaic, is not mosaic. There's different terroir of, of oh, mosaic. Oh, can see that. It's an agricultural product. Sure, sure. But there's, you know, different. So he, like, they're talking about here. Uh, he He gets, you know, kind of first dibs on the different lots of mosaic. And... <laughs>
1: Just goes to show you that the people who listen to this show either become brewers or Go on, don't.
0: <laughs> Go on to do great things or not. Or not. Okay. Let's do the Loganitas next.
1: Oh, all right. Lagunitas.
0: Who made some news this week?
1: They did. What did they do? What did they do? They purchased something, didn't they? they? A uh, few
0: things. Well, they... Invested in three small breweries, and I thought that's selling out. (laughs) Well, and are doing like other things like doing they're opening a tap room in South Carolina, but they're doing these like uh, not for profit like meeting halls or something like two of those, like one in Oregon and one in the East Coast somewhere. So instead of me just speculating try and trying to go from memory,
1: okay. So they call this a unique dry, hot, sweet, tart, sour mash ale at five or seven percent. So I'm going for without having tasted it at all. Berliner Weiss, essentially, uh, thirty three IBUs. Um, uh, that's hopped, right? A hopped Berliner Weisse, right?
0: Essentially. Yeah. When you when you smell it, you're going to stop thinking it's a Berliner Weisse. You're going to smell. Uh, I think Equinox and Galaxy and things like that.
1: But they say we soured the word on the hot side with lactobacillus for a few days. Do do they say what hops are in this? I'm
0: going with Equinox and Amarillo.
1: They do not say what hops are in this. They only tell me it's 33 IBU. Top secret hopping.
0: Super hoppy on the aroma. It hides any kind so. of it hides any kind of apparent sourness. You know, I'm looking for it. Maybe kind of, sorta, of, but it also could yeah, not. Would, you, be, would you But you it also could not be there. Know.
1: Yeah. I might. I actually, I don't know. If I were to smell this, I didn't know what it was.
0: Any eh, kind of any kind of sourness, eh, I would just kind of write yeah, off as yeah. being dankness or something.
1: Yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, the color of this one is a very clear. Uh straw, a little bit of a little bit of golden. To wow. it. Whoa! So
0: the sour's in the flavor, and so are like super juicy hops. It's almost like drinking like passion fruit juice.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's right.
0: I mean, I, I, so it's I, like passion fruit, maybe something a little more acidic, you know. Mm-hmm. So you got some orange and passion fruit blend or something like that.
1: Yeah, it almost tastes like a rattler, doesn't it?
0: Holy cow! A little more acidic than, you know, it's a little more biting acid yeah. than citric acid,
1: right? Because it's it's lactic acid. So yeah, so you, know, you definitely can tell that. And it's, there's a slight kind of because you're so used to that sort of thing. The slight, I don't know if milky is the right word, but yogurty. There's mm-hmm. that right. character. But even the fruit just, juices, just yeah. the the hops are
0: giving it such mm-hmm. a juicy passion fruit, right, yeah, and orange and. I think there might be a touch of melon in this one Tangerine. as well.
1: Tangerine, uh, and that's all I can go for. But melon—I uh, guess you could go cantaloupe. It'd be yeah, very strong. Yeah, but it's kind of—it's yeah. kind of the background
0: note, yeah. kind of kind of linking the oranges and the passion fruit. There's a little bit of cantaloupe in there.
1: As Alton Brown tells me, cantaloupes are just musk melons. It's not—they're not actual cantaloupes, or at least the ones that we mm-hmm. have. Right. Huh.
0: Alright, so Lagunitas, you make a nice, sour, hoppy beer, but let's look what these breweries you purchased, or invested in. <laughs> Alright, so...
1: Yeah, I invested in this computer, then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, where is
1: the list? Where is it? Let me talk more about this beer while you're looking it up. Aunt Sally from the story out. I
0: linked to is an interview with him, and not it doesn't have all the facts, man.
1: So for for I said at the beginning of the show I like new stuff. I've had a lot of new stuff today, uh-huh. a lot of new tastes. Uh, I'm enjoying the, this a lot. It's a lot to a lot to take in because there's so much new stuff. So it's almost overwhelming. I mean, this is at least three beers that have been pretty new. If not, f- all, not, not all four of them at least have something new and interesting going on. Right.
0: All right. So they uh taking stake in three beer businesses, South End Brewery and Smokehouse in Charleston, South Carolina, Independence Brewing Company in Austin. And I believe I met the, those guys when I was out at Philly for the Craft Brewers mm-hmm. Conference when I was hanging out with John Rubio from The Beerist. I believe I met the Independence guys there. Name dropper. Yes. Not so independent anymore, are they? Uh. And, um... I want to get the name right. What is it? Moonlight Brewing. I'm like, Midnight? No. Moonlight Brewing Company in Santa Rosa. And I've had some of their beers. Moonlight's been around forever. He opened a brewery the year before Lagunitas did. You know, and Moonlight is... <laughs> Moonlight is, you know, still, you know, super small... Brewery only a regional you know coverage type thing. And um so Tony invested in him as well.
1: Interesting. Independence brewery. Maybe it's like rolling rock, right? I mean they don't actually do any glass glass lines of, of old intro, <laughs> but they still say that on the label.
0: It doesn't say independent, it's independence. So and Yeah, then it's a metaphor. Then are so where's the article? They're also opening a tap room. Now turning their sights on local tap rooms across America and the craft beer landscape.
1: So what, I wanted to talk about something mm-hmm. that I saw, and I haven't really looked into much. But there is some sort of like Keurig for beer. Did you see that?
0: You're not talking the about the Pico Brew.
1: No, no, it's no. not the it's not the micro. So brew it's thing. kind of a just a K cup. Thing. It's it, it's it's either a K cup thing or sort of like the soda stuff for for beer. Okay. So it's sort of like instant beer.
0: Right. I mean, so there is powdered alcohol. Right. Which so you could have a dried thing that you could reconstitute as some kind of
1: beer. Uh, now the
0: you could have you know,
1: <laughs> you know Jeff gave a face and I don't blame him. However. Think about if that, if people start working on that, maybe 20 years from now, they'll be able to make awesome beer cups, right? Once you start down that road. You know,
0: back to the future, too. They put pizzas in a rehydrator. That's right.
1: Get some dehydrated water.
0: I mean, the idea of of dry alcohol is interesting. Crystallized
1: alcohol. Mm -hmm. You can snort it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I, mean, I guess you could take the water out of a beer. Yeah, I mean, oh, the, there's that backpacking thing. Remember that? Yes, we yes. tried to get the samples back. Pat's backcountry, something or another. I tried to get him to send me samples, and he never did. I mean, if, but if basically you... he had, um, it wasn't dry, but it was a condensed. syrup of a beer and you put it in your water bottle and or the special Pat's backcountry bottle you put in some kind of tablet that is kind of like a Elka Seltzer like effervescent thing Mm -hmm. put the cap on and it was supposed to carbonate so you dilute it with water you carbonate it and then you get beer for backpacking
1: probably the technology isn't good enough to make it taste like a awesome beer but it's probably good enough for backpacking when you want to get drunk backpacking
0: <laughs> i don't know if it's about getting drunk it's about having a beer at the end of a long hike
1: okay yeah sure but uh yes but you I, know i you know there, now that there's, there's going to be people who use it to get drunk while backpacking
0: the price point's probably not ideal the people that are backpacking and want to get drunk don't want to carry that much you know so
1: It, oh no, it's it, it it's less than carrying a whole bunch of cans of beer. Yeah. But yeah, I guess if you want to get drunk, just just take some uh don't go liquor, don't hard go backpack. Well, don't yeah. Well <laughs> that would be the ideal, but take some moonshine.
0: What was that, that that tin cup commercial where the guys are climbing mountains and at the top of the mountain they got they're drinking the tin cup whiskey. Commercial I so saw during the hockey playoffs. Well
1: I guess if you get to the top of the mountain I don't see a problem with once you get to the top, yeah, have a you know. Just don't don't start climbing back down. <laughs> that was the Aunt Sally. That was really good. That was. That was way different than I expected and very, very good.
0: It was. So from the aroma, you could smell how hoppy it was. Mm-hmm. And it didn't smell very tart or tangy. You're like, oh, this is going to not be a very sour beer. And then you take the sip, and it's a pretty sour beer. They made a
1: Rattler without putting any fruit juice in there. Pretty much. It's real good. All right.
0: Now we move on to something completely different. Well, not I guess it's sour, so it's not completely different.
1: Oh, would you like me to turn up your music? Say I, what you want. I was thinking about it, because I was thinking about talking about how you can help support the show. Well, you can
0: did anyone use those bounty links from last week? You would
1: know more than I would. We didn't
0: post the show yet, so <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no one has technically used it yet. But by the time you hear this, well, I, you know. I mean,
1: It was on the, the, the show before that. Yeah, so the previous
0: show, yeah. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon, or look in the show notes and see if any of those tri- free trials suit you. And if you're a real go-getter, sign up for all the free trials and then cancel them all tomorrow.
1: I would only do that, like, a couple of times.
0: I think each person probably only do it once. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, you could change your... But if
0: every listener signed up for every free trial and canceled,
1: <laughs> we could retire. <laughs> if ev- yeah, if every listener <laughs> would just send us $500. <laughs> That's all we need.
0: Come on, guys. Yeah. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. All right, so we didn't talk about what we're drinking next. It's from Victory Brewing Company, and this is the Kirsch Goes. It's a cherry sour beer. B I E R. I'm surprised that the TTB lets them put that on the label.
1: Why are you surprised?
0: I just thought, America, beer spelled beer.
1: Well, all I can say is it's getting weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sour cherry beer. All right, so let's go to the let's go to the videotape. Let's go to the information. The Kirsch Goza, a cherry goza from Victory, four point seven percent alcohol by volume, hopped with spalt spalt, and the use are Pilsner wheat torrified wheat, and acidulated malt. So they're adding a little bit of pH in mm-hmm. addition, to, uh, addition to doing some kettle souring. I assume they're doing kettle souring.
0: Yeah, it's Goza, right, so kettle soured. Uh, the aroma on this uh, the cherries are really apparent. They're kind of like a, a pie-filling type cherry. They're pretty sweet on the aroma. I'm getting something a little perfumey in there, too.
1: A little bit. The color is almost rosish, right? It has mm-hmm. a...
0: Oh, yeah. I should say that it's a red beer. Yeah. yeah.
1: And when that poured, that was a different a different color than the rest of the am
0: <laughs> trying to pull out more, but the cherry is pretty much dominating the aroma. For me, it's cherries and a little bit of perfume.
1: Yeah, not getting much. This will be the second sour in a row. So it'll be interesting to to see what the differences are. Cherry pie,
0: pretty much. It's not. There's some tanginess in there, but it's it's really mild.
1: Oh, well, it gets more sour as it goes.
0: It does as the salt takes hold, right? Because mm-hmm. you can tell you can. It is a little. You can taste the saltiness in right, this. Yeah. But yeah, right from the beginning, it starts out pretty sweet cherry pie. Then it gets a little tangier. Not nearly as sour as the last one.
1: I don't know. I don't know. To me, huh? it's a little bit more sour. To me, the sour is sticking with me longer. That The the, the Lagunitas was more fruit juicy. Okay. And the sour kind of went away. This, the sour is sticking around. It's lingering so you get the impression that it's building or that it's more sour whether it's initially more sour or not it's definitely more of a uh sour like a, a lasting sour candy kind of sour the the flavor is more on the candy side right mm-hmm. it tastes cherry pie like doesn't taste like it doesn't taste medicinal and it doesn't taste uh manufactured so much but it does taste Sweetened. Yeah, sweetened. It tastes, uh, yeah, like, like it's been, like sugar has been added. Yeah, I mean, it tastes
0: like pie filling, right? Mm-hmm. So it, pie filling doesn't taste like saccharin. Mm-hmm. It doesn't taste like cherry extract. It just tastes sweetened. And there's, I'm not saying they added sugar to this, but the malt and everything that they use in this leaves it sweet enough that it feels like a cherry yeah. pie.
1: Yeah, and there's actually, and you get a little bit of the crust too yeah. with the malt.
0: I was trying to figure that. You kind of get this um, flaky pastry-type crust. Yeah. <laughs> I think the I think the lactic acid is playing into that a little bit and giving it kind of a creaminess mm-hmm. that's kind of feeling like fat.
1: That's possible, but I think it's also the wheat and torrified wheat that gives a little bit of body. Mm. That helps.
0: Uh, yeah, but there's something that's kind of replacing the butter, right? There's right. some kind of butter analog yeah, yeah. that's really giving it this slickness and... This kind of a fattiness, like yeah. this fullness to the to the malt.
1: It's another interesting beer. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, it, it's I, like not... on the,
0: I like on the side label here where they're saying uh, European tradition and American ingenuity come together. There's.
1: It's hard to call this traditional. Yeah, there's not in, too much tradition.
0: I mean, Victory does use whole flower hops, and right, you know, yeah. it's a goza. Right. So, I'm sure, I'm sure the goza part was traditional. But as soon as they threw that first cherry in, you know, that wipes out most of tradition.
1: Uh, I, I'll tell you right now, spoiler: this is not gonna be, this is not going to be my favorite beer, but I do think it's really interesting, and I am kind of getting a kick out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's. It's it's really unique, uh, and it, it for what it's doing it all it reminds me of kind of what of what Shorts does with some of their stuff, right? Where they make some really interesting, yeah, uh, out there beers. This one for
0: I mean also I think you know per our comments here, they did a really good job of walking up to the sweet and approachable line without going over it. Mhm. You know, so like I wouldn't want this to be much or if any sweeter. Yeah. And you know, too many breweries are trying to make this approachable beer that go over that line and I right. think that they did a really good job of not crossing that line.
1: Would this be a beer that would interest the um the Frambeau's people, right? The Lindemann's only people. Probably. It doesn't taste like it doesn't taste like beer, quote unquote, right? Right. Well, I mean
0: it's it's about as it's a little more tangy than Frombo's. Yeah. Now if you compare it to Lindeman's Creek, right? This one's definitely sweeter. Yeah. It's probably more drinkable than Lindeman's Creek.
1: As an expression of where beer can go, it's very interesting. Uh what you can do with just mm-hmm. uh relatively innocuous ingredients add a little fruit and where that leads you to it definitely uh is it's 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 kind of remarkable actually it really is uh i'm i don't don't know how else to put it just like i
0: do you need a moment
1: I'm just really interested in it. it 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 it's really it it's kind of fascinating uh you know I think I'm overwhelmed with this show there's so much yeah there's we've had
0: some really interesting stuff this show i i you know i I'm not sure I'd want twelve ounces of this
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think the six ounces that we shared you know the six ounces each was Pretty much the right amount. I'm not even done with it, yeah. I think a pint glass
1: of this would probably be a little too much. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't buy a case of this. Maybe you could turn this into a syrup and use it for something. I I, I don't... This is not an everyday drinker. This is not... uh... A special occasion beer. It's it's just something interesting and different. It's it's not a goza. Mm-hmm. I mean, or not a traditional goza. If you if you looked for other gozas, you wouldn't expect this.
0: Right now, so now I'm asking myself the question: How would I feel about twelve whole ounces of Anne Sally? Because I know I don't want twelve ounces of Victory Kirch Goza. I
1: think that because it's kind of like a rattler, it'd be fine.
0: Yeah, yeah I think you're right. I just had to ask that question, right? Where this one has a little more apparent sweetness towards the end. It's a great the Aunt question, Sally absolutely. had more sourness throughout they balance the fruit juice flavors. Mm-hmm. Alright, so this showed up the other day in the mail.
1: Alright, stone gives us Ruin 10, the triple IPA. So it's like ruination, but it's uh, It's a
0: stage dive into the mosh pit of hops, it says.
1: Wow. Alright. So we're drinking this fresh.
0: Bottled on 615. 15 days
1: ago. A triple IPA at 10.8% alcohol by volume. It's, it was released June 20th, so we're getting it yeah, 10 days after it was released. Fresh for 90 days. 110 IBUs, so well past the point where it matters to your mouth, at least. Uh, they mentioned that Rate Beer has it as 100. It's a triple IPA. I wouldn't expect any less. <laughs> Uh, their featured hops are Magnum, Centennial, and Citra. So it does seem like it's going to be still a phase two, but mm-hmm. with the added, you know, ness of being a triple. It's triple IPA. It's got, you know, a, a darker copper.
0: Yeah, yeah. It has penny. It's a super clear. Mm-hmm. It has this penny-type color to it, like clean pennies.
1: And it smells like a barley wine. It's got a lot of... Um, It's got about a finger or two worth of a very fine head. It does
0: smell like barley wine. So we had that really interesting Old Guardian from Stone a couple months ago, right? Right. With the peko hops. And I kind of want to preface this whole tasting with, you know, generally I... For barley wines and things, I like the more malty ones. But that's kind of the exception to my rule. That one with the Peko hops was so interesting mm-hmm. and kind of turned me around on Hoppy Barley wines. So well,
1: the hops are starting to come through now and they're starting to smell a little dirty.
0: The bottle cap.
1: Twenty years of true craft on the stone bottle. Yeah,
0: cap. true craft was that new th- organization th- that Greg Cook started.
1: So, should we call ourselves true craft beer? <laughs>
0: no, because it's <that's> probably trademarked.
1: <laughs> nah, that's true. Also, I mean, we, we drink stuff that's not true craft by that definition, so.
0: Green. Yeah,
1: the, the Very green. The hops, I mean, like I guess it first smelled like a bottle of wine. Now the hops are, are breaking through.
0: Mm-hmm. A little bit of the booziness, too. like that. When oh, I said yeah. green, I was smelling kind of like... Um, wilted uh, spinach or something like that. You know, something wilted leaves, like greens.
1: I'm glad we saved this for last because the uh, subtitle, the, the title of the page is, like you said, a stage dive into a much bit of hops. The subtitle, Ruining Palette Since 2002. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's good that we had this last. Stone Ruin 10 Triple IP uses the same recklessly hoppy recipe as the 2012 release of the Stone Ruin 10 10th anniversary, only the name has changed to include triple, which helps describe the order. <laughs> right, so, okay. They put five pounds of hops into each barrel.
0: All right, so from the very first sip, there's so much malt in this thing that that's what I noticed right up front. And then the hops kind of come rushing in after that. But they really aren't, from the first sip at least, they really didn't put on that much bitterness. They kind of just gave some kind of dank type flavors, a little bit of um, pine needle, maybe a touch of grapefruit. But it's really not getting too citrusy.
1: I mean, this is a barley wine. <laughs> I mean, you can call it a triple IPA all you want, but it's a hoppy barley wine.
0: I want to take a few more sips, but I'm inclined to lean in that direction at, at this point. Yes.
1: Uh, I mean, it, it's definitely hoppy. The hops it's are It's less
0: hoppy. So I, I have two sips, but I, I don't know if Flight did something to me, but it doesn't seem as hoppy as like yeah. Old Guardian.
1: yeah. It's right, uh. I mean, what what's, is the only distinction? Because you know they want this only on the shelf for ninety days and then gone. Is the only distinction between a triple IPA and a barley and a, and a relatively hoppy barley wine being that the the hops are slightly faded more? Because that would be the impression <laughs> that I'm getting. Because this just tastes like a hoppy barley wine. I'm not getting anything. Uh, it tastes like a pretty decent hoppy barley wine. If yeah, but not I'm just wondering about the label. Yeah, I I think that
0: like when we talk about porters and stouts and things mm-hmm. like that, I think there's another gradient zone between <laughs> triple IPA, yeah. which is kind of a not very well established style. Right. And American barley wine. Now, when you just say American barley wine, where that flag is in the ground? isn't nearly yes. this hot. There's a
1: large uncertainty
0: there. It isn't but but there's a lot of tax in the map leading up to this boundary where we are now where we're straddling mm-hmm. this boundary right. Yeah. So the the market has really expanded American barley wine to mean a bunch of things right. and
1: right okay so so that, that's like, a Like this
0: doesn't taste
1: but like, like all right if if you were tasting this blind Mm-hmm. I imagine you'd say barley wine.
0: Well, right, right. Well, here. Well, here. because
1: because no one's calling, I mean, very few people are calling themselves triple IPAs anyway, so why would you mm-hmm. ever assume that? Right.
0: But, he, okay, so here, imagine a super fresh Bigfoot Okay, compared to this. Mm-hmm. This one's more boozy, but I think they're pretty close to each
1: other. I think so, too.
0: Is this one hoppier? Yes, this one's hoppier. But is it different style hoppier? No, it's not.
1: And it's not like overtly over hoppy to the point where it's totally overwhelming the malt. The malt is keeping up with yeah. the hops. So it doesn't feel like this you know, it's like an overload of IPA. It doesn't feel like a, like some double IPAs feel like where they're really pushing the hop boundary. Uh I mean I'd have like a multi double IPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, there are double IPAs that are really overboard in the hops. I, the amount of triple IPAs I've had is probably, I can count on, on my fingers, things that call themselves triple mm-hmm. IPAs. Right. But this to me just, it, it feels barley wine-ish.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, I haven't had plenty of the younger in, yeah Jesus, um, 14 years? No, less than that.
1: We must have had it at a GABF or something. There. No, they don't have plenty of the younger oh, there. Right.
0: No, I had it when I was at Russian River. And we were doing the show, so I guess, so I guess 9 or 10 years ago. And, um... Uh, I don't remember right. it well enough to know how it compares. I would tend to think it wasn't this multi, but... I, I don't uh, I don't recall and that's kind of you know that was the first guy that called himself triple IPA. Yeah.
1: And as, we've had as a few I'm, here and there. But... As I'm sort of adapting to the malt the hops are definitely coming through. There's uh a, a lot of the sort of uh more dank, more um more resiny stuff. I wouldn't say dank so much, more resiny. Yeah, it doesn't taste doherty. I I smell a little bit of door, but it doesn't have the, the doherty taste going on, so I wouldn't worry about that so much. Right. It doesn't go sulfury, doesn't go into that zone when you taste it.
0: This kind of it has a blend. It has a pedigree of being the more classic style of, you know, enamel off your teeth mm-hmm. and just being bitter for bitter's sake. But I think there's some new some some nuance in there. There's a little bit of you know, someone's plucking the strings of a harmony. You know, so there's things that aren't just making it face ripping bitter. Yeah,
1: I think that's true. And I think the more I'm sipping it, and I am sipping it, I'm not <laughs> going through it very fast, uh I've I've gotten used to the malt part. I still think happy barley wine. But mm-hmm. that out of the way, there's a lot to recommend here. There's uh you know, a a good maltiness here that is Kind of a gingerbread slash French toast kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice, a nice deep malt that that helps accentuate without overpowering. Uh, the hops, the hops are coming through in their, um, you know, they're still phase two, but they're a good phase two blend. They they have that. I, I like it when it doesn't go too sulfury. They they have that. It's piney, it's resiny, right. but it doesn't have the onion stuff.
0: Yeah, well, like I said, it has a bunch of classic flavors, but it's mm-hmm. more refined.
1: Right. It's well done. You can't go. You really aren't going to go wrong. Uh, this is going to be a very hard show to judge because this this last beer is the only beer that didn't give me something new, uh-huh. uh, but I still like it. <laughs> so uh, it's it's interesting. The rest of this stuff gave me all all new. Yeah, it's all new stuff.
0: Nothing bad this week. It's going to be hard to pick a last place. It's it's gonna be hard for me to pick a first place too. I I, like because there's so many ways to put. There's so many different lenses I can put on the show. Like, how am I going to rank it? Okay, so I think I'm gonna take the Anderson Valley Spring Hornin and put that in sixth place. Hard luck, loser. I like that beer. I liked how it had that kind of lavender pear thing going on. I I honestly don't think I read the label when I pulled those, but who knows? Um,
1: I don't think you did either. I think you just pulled it.
0: And I, uh, I, so what I liked about that beer was that it kind of, like Greg said, it kind of had that emergence type feel to it. You know, it felt like things were sprouting and, and stuff was going on. And, it was a fine beer on its own, but we're ranking them against, you know, the peers that we drank tonight. It doesn't quite stand up to the rest. In fifth place, I'm going to put the Victory Kirchgose. Uh, I think, like, the best thing I can say about that beer is that they tried to do a widely appealing sweet sour beer and they walked up to the line but they didn't cross it i think that if they went any further it might have been disastrous you know and people (laughs) like greg and i would have been like oh that's a sweet mess so i think they did a really good job of balancing out how much sweetness to have in that beer fourth place is going to be the stone we're drinking right now I was kind of expecting more enjoy by type flavors. I was expecting, you know, more third generation hop type flavors on this thing. And when we pull it out and and that the hops were kind of balanced with the malt and it's advertising itself as a triple IPA, it kind of let down my expectations. So I think I might be turning the corner on hoppy barley wines, though, because I'm enjoying this beer and the last Mm -hmm. couple hoppy stone barley wines type beer i've had i've enjoyed from them it's um, like
1: fruited beers right they just get people are getting better at yeah i making. think they're getting better
0: at them they're making hoppy things better or maybe it's just stone i'll have to try a fresh bigfoot and see how i like that i'll have to try other hoppy barley wines and see how i like them but you know the ones i've had from stone i've been really tr- coming around on all right we're down to three I'm going to put the Anchor in third place. This was really tough. I loved that Anchor. I loved um, all of yeah. the exploration you could do on that beer. It had this whole um, conglomeration of hop blend, And it really put a lot of little distinct flavors. And everyone was kind of taking their turn, kind of showing them to you. Second place, this is tough. Like, do I do the sour... Rattler thing, or do we this really good pill? This is
1: all the point where it's just personal opinion. Yeah, you know, it, it, these are you're gonna. Not I'm gonna go put the it. I'm
0: gonna put the Aunt Sally in second place. I love that beer. Yeah. I want more of that beer. The the sour and the passion fruit, and you know, like you said, they made a rattler with no fruit juice. Mm-hmm. It was it's really good. I want more of that beer, but I have to give props to Summit. That Pilsner was so drinkable, and it went down so smooth. And it's hoppy, had a great mold character to it. You know, while it wasn't imperial anything, while it wasn't face-ripping bitter, it was bitter. It was hoppy. It was floral. Super enjoyable. It was super enjoyable. And I'm going to put the summit in first place.
1: All right. Well, so I think that we both agree... These are all. There's no losers here, but the last two are pretty clear. Uh, Anderson Valley in sixth place. It's it's interesting. It's got that going for it, but that's kind of all it has going for it. Is that It's interesting. Uh, it's not super drinkable. It's not super refreshing. It, it's mm-hmm. and and it's not awesomely pleasing.
0: Right, but in another show yeah. where we had mediocre beers, it would definitely mm-hmm. would have placed ahead the of them.
1: And and in fifth place, the victory, which which was more like an experiment than anything else, it it, it was like a like a mad scientist experiment. It's kind of like a mobcraft stuff. right? <laughs> so then you're like, whoa, yeah. this, is, this is cool. Uh, so then we get into the other stuff, and that and that's where it gets it 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 does get really hard, and it's 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 up to personal preference, and even probably flight plays a role, um, but. Our, our opinions are slightly different here, and I only rank it up to, like I said, these are all great. Mm-hmm. I, I would recommend sure. all all four of these uh, to drink. In fourth place, I'm going to put The Anchor. I uh, really liked what it was doing, but I felt like the other ones gave me more to, to love. Uh, in third place, and this was hard, but I'm going to put The Summit in third place, uh, I just felt like it was... I don't know. I just, I I don't have a good reason here. I don't have a a reason I can articulate. Um, Uh, Call call me stunned. I
0: figured you were going to rank the summit very high. It just kind of fits into your wheelhouse.
1: It just, it it does. But uh, in second place, I'm going to put this stone. Um, (laughs) As confused as I am about the label, uh, I really do enjoy what's there. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think it's uh, it's 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 definitely if you see it, I get it because it's it's good. You, you you won't. I mean, you can't go wrong. And and maybe flight played a role here too. It, it perfect ending, really. Even though it wasn't unique, it really satisfied. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the first place, I'm gonna put the Lagunitas. I just think yeah, making a rattler without fruit juice, that's cool, and it's drinkable, and it's got. I I I don't know. That's just neat.
0: You like tropical hops? You yeah. like sour beers? Yeah. Boom! Put them
1: together, what do you get?
0: Peanut butter and jelly.
1: <laughs>
0: awesome.
1: Awesome. I wasn't ready for the music. You gotta get your music ready. So that's the show.
0: Craft beer Reladio. Yeah. Craft beer Reladio. Craft
1: beer relatio
0: is released under the creative commons license you can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information contact us please contact us if you are on twitter send a tweet this week to at craft beer radio say yo
1: say yo yo and and give us some some crap for some stuff we're doing
0: yeah tell us how bad we suck yeah. um that's it send us a hateful email <laughs> a hateful yeah. tweet Oh, we love that. <laughs> uh, if you want to email us, beer at Radio uh, at Jeff Bear At CBR, Greg. Thanks, everyone, for listening. These are the strumbrellas.
1: Strumbrella. Ella. Ella.